Um, I think. Oh, I need my beer. What do you want to talk about? Beer. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Tukan Echo podcast. Today we're talking about beer. Beer. James and I, we're sitting on a sofa. I've got a beer. James has got a beer. James is a beer. James is a beer. How are you doing, James? I'm a beer. <laughs> right. I that think... Maybe started. <laughs> that was the intro. Right. Um, hello and welcome to the Tukan Echo podcast. My name is James. I play guitar, I sing, and I also introduce podcasts. Across from me on a beautiful corner sofa cradling what could potentially be a wheat beer no it's pilsner what could potentially be a pilsner beer yep is harry i'm, I'm worried that my good evening. covid scarf is blocking my mic I'm probably to, sounds fine i'm going to de-robe my neck ah. oh so how are you doing this, this evening james uh yeah all right we uh we had a big planning session yesterday so that's I'm still on the, the post-planning momentum, <laughs> what I'd say. As usual, we come to these podcasts with a big announcement that we've got loads of plans and new, new <laughs> things that we're working on right now. Um, but this time it's for real. We've got, um, we've got a Gantt chart in our living room of our schedule. <laughs> <laughs> they said project management wouldn't get us anywhere. They said, quit that project management job and become musicians. That's what they said. Yeah, here we are. We said no. Project manage for life. <laughs> um, so what do you want to talk about today? I have nothing planned. <laughs> um, well, let's, let, let's just do some updates. Um, I think last we spoke on the Two Echo podcast, we were still living separately. We were still struggling to find some rehearsal space. Yeah. We were still allowed to go into the world and go to restaurants and pubs and stuff. Yeah. Maybe our last one together was from... Did we, did we do them virtually, or was it literally from the coffee shop when we did our big discussions on albums and singles? Yeah, I think it was then. I think I did one or two since then, but... Mm. Actually, I, I did uh, James's Journey of Tone. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyone who's listened... Uh, has anyone listened to the hour and a half yeah, James's no. Journey of Tone? Definitely not me. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> what a roller coaster! I was yeah. getting hoarse by the end. <laughs> I'd spoken so much. Just um, go off one about Tone. It's quite a, quite a journey, quite a journey. But yes, we haven't, uh, you're right, we have not done a joint podcast since since then, where we were mid-turmoil of practice space mm. and of living separately, and I suppose going to pubs wasn't turmoil, but it was a thing that's changed yeah. for the worse, the lack of pubness. Yeah. Um, so we come to you in early-ish November from lockdown, from our new Toucan Echo flat... <coughs> Tukan HQ, it's for real now. Where we both live. We basically, we moved into a flat together in the west of London. And so that is a big change. And the mm. other thing is that we've got our own practice space near Ealing. <laughs> North Acton, for, for, for specifics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it's good. It's basically a room in a business unit. But if you're looking for practice space in London, you're, you're kind of limited to basements or industrial estates. <laughs> Yeah, we could have it about. We could have the turmoils of finding a practice. That, we could legit talk about that. I don't know if it's the most exciting podcast, but well, we mentioned it last time, um, and we were we were pretty stuck last time because we just um, moved into a storage unit and we had sound complaints and we had to move out of that. And we were like, right, what do we do now? Um, 
and we just managed to find like an add-on Gumtree. I, th I think you've got to be persistent with mm. practice space and you just got to keep an eye out for things that pop up and eventually something will and you'd be like, yep, yeah, take it. Um, you, you, you've got to just keep an eye out for, for things that might pop up. I think we could apply, but we could apply that lesson more widely because the practice space, I think, is just one example of stuff going wrong mm. and us trying to work out how to keep going in the face of a ambivalent universe <laughs> or <laughs> a universe that sometimes feels stacked against you trying to do something. You know, um, I'd say it's less than ambivalent from our comments recently. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Yeah, the universe we'll wants, us to, yeah, wants us to have a base there. <laughs> but, yeah, so we've sorted that basically we've come from the point where we had, like, a vision of what we wanted to do, but the logistics were getting in the way. Um, mm. We weren't able to... The, the biggest change is that we want to record our practices, right? We want to make, like, the core of what we're doing... Um, putting out content so n not just practicing and then appearing at a gig like appearing all the time virtually which has become even more important in covid times now mm. um but having sort of started doing that scrappily lo-fi and like just casting stuff back and forth our video setup grew our recording setup grew to the point where it was getting kind of ridiculous we're both shifting like suitcases worth of stuff <laughs> into a three-hour practice, setting up a video and recording studio and then, you know, bashing out an hour-long jam and then packing it all back again. Yeah, go ahead. So that's kind of, yeah, why we went through the struggle. And as we, as we sit now, <laughs> we have a flat. We're in the same place. We've eliminated the journeys back and forth mm. between our two locations, which, for those of you who didn't know, they were like the opposite sides of London. Well... You were on the far extreme west and I was right in the middle. <laughs> we both made mistakes. <laughs> um, and uh, we've got a permanent practice space so we can set up our gear how we want it, our mics, our video cameras and stuff. Um, well, our one video camera. Um, and just get on with making stuff. So mm. it's been an interesting couple of months in terms of like less... It's less productive in terms of how much we've put out in public, but more productive in the the pure grind of trying to sort the mm. sort like the big thing to like make the day to day putting out videos easier. So yeah. it doesn't feel like it's been a productive few months because we've just been not practicing as much. Mm. We have done a bit. We've been we've been re-engineering our living situations, and I've got to say, I'm noticing massively the kind of productivity. It's just taking off. Mm. Um, like so much of what you get done and how you can be productive is just caused by the environment around you. So we've invested the last, uh, it's, it's, it's been the last four or five months, hasn't it? Since four months, since July. Mm. We've invested that time in kind of rejigging our living situation, sorting everything out so we can just get content out mm. super quickly. We can record jams. We, we're kind of living in the same space so we can discuss things and like, um, do podcasts on a Friday evening. I mean, we're probably doing this because the pubs are closed. Otherwise, we'd probably be in the pub. We could take the live mics to the pub. We could take... I, I, that, <laughs> that was the plan. That was the plan, yeah. <laughs> We'd have pub reviews, impromptu pub reviews. But um, we'll have to do beer <laughs> You review. wouldn't be able to say impromptu pub reviews by the end of the... Impromptu pub reviews. It would be by the end. But that might be fun in itself. Yeah. A lot of early Tim Ferriss podcasts, he just gets drunk on them, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, he still does that every now and again. <laughs> 
I always find those things weird when they have like drunk history or um, drunk uh, covers sometimes they do on YouTube and stuff. Really? It feels like you shouldn't build your viral reputation on having to be drunk on it. Like that, that can't be good for you. <laughs> if like, if like every time you make a video, you have to be pissed. Your long-term health. Just... <laughs> like, what if you make it and you have yeah. to just keep doing it? Like, especially in today's universe when you've got to do daily content. Yeah, exactly. You just be drunk every day. That. Yeah. For some people, it's a career. For some people, it's a problem. Who knows? It's clickbaity, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's not really like a talent, though, isn't it? Is it just? I mean, I guess it depends how well, good you are when drunk. That's a talent. I th there's, there would definitely be something to being the best at drunk content because there'll be loads of people that do it. But there's, it's, it's, it's like with everything. You kind of look at that on the surface and you think, oh yeah, that's easy. But then you actually like get into it. And there's, there's all these like minutiae details that mm. are actually really important to putting on a good performance in anything. Mm. Um, so. If anyone's a drunk performer, <laughs> um, let, let us know how, how, if, it, if it's hard or not. <laughs> yeah. How do you cope with the lifestyle? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of performers who are also also drunk, but it's just not part of their act. It's just a yeah. secret oh, sort God. of second. So, you know, it probably is a common thing more than you know. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> let's not get a drinking problem. Um, so, yeah, we, we've we've sorted that and we're more productive and we've had another planning sesh where we've kind of I think we've figured out I'll finish my sentence we figured out the next like big thing that we're going to do um, are we going to announce it on the podcast yeah of course recently? people on the podcast are the hardcore in a circle they deserve it early yeah hi James <laughs> <laughs> actually I think James isn't to the mindset ones I don't even know if he'd go for like the ones actually about no we'll have to change the, the title of this one so it's yeah, like yeah to like the mindset trick that changed my life yeah <laughs> And trick him into just <laughs> us talking about ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we'll go. We'll get on to the big thing in a minute. But uh, what I was thinking is just we've always, I've always like felt better when we've got a big thing that we're working towards. Maybe this is the really simplest point ever. But I'm trying to pull out the general points of what we're saying. So, when, you know, the mm. practice space isn't just the fact that we moved rooms. It's the fact that, like. It's one of the first times that for the band, like things weren't really working unless like you pass these uh, signposts or whatever of places you could have easily given up. It would have been easier to give up than to go forward. Mm. And we've gone through two or three of those to get to this place. Yeah, like the first place we had sound complaints. The second place we had sound complaints. The third place we couldn't get power. And now we're on the fourth, fourth to tenth, basically. So, yeah. yeah. So that's like a thing that I've found going into it knowing that we'd have to persevere a bit. And it's not been you know, that bad, mm. but it has been a few months where we thought it would be quite straightforward and it wasn't. I think that's maybe preparing us for, <laughs> for the future. Um, yeah. So I think that's been interesting the last few months. I think the moving in together thing has been one of the first times that I've taken something like a band and like moved it from a thing I go out and do in the evenings, but it's not really like my day-to-day -day thing at least in my actions I mean I think about it all the time but like it's not my day-to-day -day actions it's always something I kind of mm. detour out of my life and back in to do mm, but no um, we, we had a 8am stand-up meeting yeah I mean I was that late. probably means nothing to 99% of people <laughs> but us being 
project managers. That's, that, that's the thing you do on a project. <laughs> I don't think in, I'd call myself a project a, manager. In a I'm, company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a like thing in tech circles, isn't it? Like agile methodology, sprint yeah, methodology. Yeah. It's quite like a revolutionary idea at the time, though. The guy was like, Ever, like, everyone just focus on one thing for two weeks <laughs> and we'll get all the people in the room at once and just discuss it at the time and you'll get it done in like... Mm. There's a whole book on it. I think it was a guy at Google. Anyway. Um, but yeah, this is where all these terms come from of like sprint stand-ups, uh, like scrum, scrum masters and... They make it sound like so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a quite a good job title, isn't it? I'm the scrum master. Yeah. I always get like a rugby thing from it. Yeah, yeah and you, you get like... Double, scrum, double scrum, third down black belt, agile professor, or whatever. It's yeah, called. agile is quite. It's quite a nice <laughs> yeah. thing to be, either yeah. like metaphorically or flexible, and not yeah. like rigid and stuck in your ways. Yeah. Or you're literally agile and you're like, yeah, quick and bendy. But um, spoiler alert: it's it's not very interesting. <laughs> Don't get enticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once you find out, scrum master is just a project manager with a new name. <laughs> That's what they do to tease you in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so just moving that to actually like live together just feels like a good step forward. And then, uh, it always feels good when you put like a priority actually into the mm. world that you then, particularly when it's something like living together, like you wake up in a, in a Tukaneko rail world rather than like having to arrange blocks of it when you're doing something else most of the time. Yeah. It's good. I, I, I can feel the productivity. I can feel the momentum. Mm. Um, and it's super cool. We've got a record collection just there in front <laughs> of us. It's epic. A hundred records. Yeah. <laughs> Thereabouts. And they're all classics. Some of them are classics. A lot of them are classics. A lot of them are classics, yeah. Um, they're strong. Mm. And um, yeah, so I suppose... Those are the kind of key. Have you got any like key reflections since our last podcast over the last? Well, not necessarily since the last podcast, but over the last few months. Um, so the podcast is a mind. If, if if we've enticed James in, we've got to give him some mindset. Oh, some mindset some things. Um, reflection. I I mean I I definitely like that one where, um, I mean I I definitely got a buzz from facing the adversity of setting up a practice room. Um, we, we hear a lot of these things like often when you're doing something new and different, it's guaranteed that you will meet something that just blocks your way. Mm. And it's the um, Ryan Holiday book that's The Obstacle is the Way that sort of summarizes that um, mm. theory in that when you see something difficult, an option could be to just attack that thing and get past that difficult thing because no one mm. else would have done it. So in, in tackling that difficult obstacle, you have done something new that... Mm you hope will be valuable. That's the tricky bit that I, I find with the, uh, the kind of mm. obstacle is the way thing. Like how do you decide, how do you know that it's going to be worth it to tackle that difficult ob obstacle? And I, I see that um, in the work that we've done over the last few months in finding this practice space is a big obstacle that we've had to overcome. And yeah, it's not, we're not the first people that have done it, but we're definitely upping a few percentiles in bands that have got a permanent rehearsal space. Um, so, I mean, aside from that, I, I, I don't think I can come up with any more revelations on cue. They might come out later on naturally in the <laughs> podcast, but... Um. <laughs> I was just, you know, just reflecting. Um, mm. But yeah, so I suppose the next stage, having sorted all that, and that's more of what's happened than, like, new content going out, really. Um, mm. We've 
we've actually got quite a lot of new songs ready to go as well like yeah because in in this uh inter intermediate period where we didn't have a practice room we were just going and not making content out of our practices yeah um, we actually got some cool some cool like on the spot stuff you know um oh i see I'm, I'm super excited about yeah. all of it we've actually got a backlog that we now need to work through <laughs> yeah oh my god we're gonna have to make an album next year james yeah, I think I think that's gonna happen early next year. Two connect at least one. I'm, we could make like three or four. <laughs> we've oh, got enough we stuff. Do King Gizzard and the Lizard yeah. Wizard. Do five albums in one year. Yeah, I'm not sure we've got the market for it yet. We have to spend some serious ad money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, yeah, that's part of the plan. Should we hang on? I need to get another beer. Um, just just talk while you do it. The great thing is about our new podcast setup is we have lav mics attached to each of us, so, so can I can walk, walk away from James. Don't walk away from me. <laughs> so I'm in a different room to James right no. now. No, but he can you're, still sort of hear me. You're ruining I'm the audio recording. illusion. So we're all good. We're Where's all good. the intimacy now? We're in different rooms. The whole thing's falling apart. <laughs> I'm very insecure. Um. So, announcements then. Um, mm. We're embarking on a journey for the next five weeks. Um, what do you want to call it, James? Um, a jam experience. Yeah. Working title. Yeah. Um, so, to kind of, I guess to kind of preface this, we've um, we've started advertising a bit more recently. So, so we recorded. Um, a couple of videos, one of us playing a song of ours, Detour, and another song of ours, Never Gonna Live It Down. And um, we put them out on the internet, put some ad money behind it on Facebook, and um, the overwhelming consensus is that we need to get a bass player. Um, <laughs> and we don't want to. <laughs> Do we want to tackle that issue? <laughs> yeah. Um... I suppose we'll get. Should we go? Should we do a broad outline of what we're actually what like why we're advertising? Then we'll go into the bass player question. Is that the best order? Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, we had a little planning session yesterday saying we want to work towards something. Um, what should we do? Um, and we basically want to emphasise the jam part of our band a bit more. Um, we see the the releasing new songs and the live performance of the songs as quite separate things. And we did, well, we last did an album in the beginning of 2019. Yeah, it was like January or something, February, yeah, January. quite a long time ago now. Um, mm. so, but we did a few singles and stuff since then. Um, but we have quite a lot of music, but what, um, yeah, what, what we'd like to do now with sort of our practice space and stuff is release a really good set of jams that kind of encapsulate that half of what the band's about really well because we've been jamming for ages but the <laughs> recording and quality of capturing it has been a bit behind and we've been getting better yeah um so in december we're going to launch <coughs> a five-day online jam experience um where we walk and and sort of in the build-up we're going to walk through how we go about like making them and the thought process behind them and the songs and mm. that kind of thing and then but we'll it's gonna be exciting we, we want to we want to theme each jam so so it'll basically be um we'll, we'll release a jam every day and it will come along with all the stuff that james just mentioned 
Um, and we want each one to have a kind of underlying theme that we explore during that jam. Mm. Um, so for example, we'll have one on minimalism or experimentation or um, wabby savviness uh, and things like that. And we'll kind of create a bit of music based around that theme, mm. um, which I'm quite excited about. The kind of, the, the, the other part of it is we want to figure out how we can improve and develop like during the next five weeks and build up to a, it's almost like a, a presentation of the things that we've learned sort of thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think the base comments triggered this because we, we started advertising to kind of get, get that ball rolling again. And as I mentioned, everyone was like, oh, get a bass guitarist. Where's, where's, where's the low end? All, all this stuff. And we were like, oh, I don't want to get a bass. And we're like, no, <laughs> we're going to prove them wrong. We're just going to get good enough at being a two-piece jam band um, so that we do not need a bass guitar. And there's other reasons for being a two-piece. that we, 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 we enjoy the freedom that not having a, a, a second melodic component to the band gives yeah. us. Um, so we can roam around keys. We can be more free with our... Mm. kind of song structure and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, so yeah, we're, we're working towards like doing that experience. So that's both like recording the music part of it, making the videos, building it online. It's kind of a big, and then promoting it and all of that. Um, so that's our next kind of big project, but basically keep up with our Facebook and Instagram because that's going to chronicle like the journey of making it as well yeah. as, you know, an opportunity to actually sign up for the, the thing that we're going to do, you know, it's like free, it's just going to be five days um, that we'll send to you via email and we'll send like a customized web page. But there'll be more info on that when it's built and when we nail that deadline of sort of early December. Um, that is exciting. It is exciting. But yeah, and so as part of that, we've run our first ads of this new campaign. It's not the first Facebook ads we've run. We've done a few over the last like year or year or almost two. Mm. Um, or two now, because I just forget 2020 even happened, to be honest. Like, to me, I'm early 2020, like, <laughs> sort of a blackout for the last six months. But um, so, uh, And we've been kind of dabbling and working out, sort of working out how to do marketing and ads at the same time as working out what our band's about. Um, and I don't really remember what was the point where we really started to get a thing, but I think it was when we started jamming. It was actually after we made the album, probably. No, definitely, because... Yeah. Um, but I mean, we've said it before, and we've talked about the origins of the band. But like, it was it started out very studio based, very like let's experiment without playing. Like, like it's just a pure kind of let's make songs sort of thing. And then we, I even re kind of remember it was just like, oh, let's go to a practice room. I don't really know why. But we're like, yeah, let's do that. That would be cool. <laughs> literally. And then we just jammed out these songs we'd made. Mm. just for recording and then suddenly like it took on a whole new life and i think it took a year or two for it to go like maybe this is our thing like the extending songs beyond you know 10 minutes and stuff. yeah um so we've kind of settled on that's where we're at now like doing we want to do we want to perform in like a free form improvisational sort of way like we want to be up there playing our instruments like not knowing what we're going to play next so the crowd is there to watch us work it out not uh, 
not us play the something we've played for 20 times the week before <laughs> in the practice room and like couldn't possibly get wrong. Yeah. Some people like that. That's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we ran a new, we've started a new kind of ad campaign updated and refreshed with video that we you know shot the other week um so that it captures like where we're at now because our jamming's a lot better and tighter and um we're getting a you know a bit more of a visual thing going particularly with our own practice room we can sort of make mm. it look how we want and stuff so we ran those for the first time this week or at least we were testing different headlines and the thing with like headlines on facebook is you've got to be quite i want to say punchy but I want to get out of saying punchy so much. I need a new word. Um, Provocative? Clickbaity. Clickbaity, yeah. That sort of thing. <sighs> you've got to... You've got to <laughs> they kind of recommend that you slightly divide the audience because it will make some people hate you, but it'll, it, it takes a quite amorphous blob of a crowd who don't care mm. and like makes someone decide something about you. So it does... It is a bit like clickbait. Like, if... You've got to catch attention first and foremost. Yeah. So if you give someone a thing that they want to decide on, even if they decide against what you'd prefer yeah. them to say, that's better than being more mild, but then everyone kind of passes it by because it's not critical. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you say so you need an intriguing statement. You need a statement that is then, or a, not a statement, a question or sort of a, like a bold claim mm. that is then um, answered or fulfilled during the video. Um, or not. Or not. Um, <laughs> so in many people's the, opinion. The example that I want to bring up is um, one that we um, very boldly put forward on um, one of our rounds, which was, is this the future of jam bands? Question yeah. mark. Uh, sort of. Um, and, and then an emoji. And, um, <laughs> You're trying to do the think face. <laughs> no, it's the think face. Yeah, Orally, to... but... Yeah. <laughs> um, which, obviously, is a massive claim, and I don't think that we are that. Um, in a large scale <laughs> um, and as a result people were like no this is ridiculous <laughs> people were like well, no hell? way you don't I hope not <laughs> it's like two people in a band is that even a band it's like but um, some people loved it <laughs> yeah it got, it, while it might have got the most hate out of all of our ads it also got the most love which was <laughs> yeah. really strange um, yeah like a small minority really dug it and you know we even got like a message that i chatted to some guy in canada who loved love jamming and that yeah. kind of thing um so whereas i think we haven't been as provocative before but we also haven't like got as dedicated i think each time we've done it we've got more dedicated people coming through who are like really following mm. stuff that we're doing but yeah we're testing being more provocative now and like it's not even 50-50. I say 70% of the feedback <laughs> is like, no. <laughs> it's like, you've annoyed them by the headline. Yeah. But you don't need 70% of people. You need yeah. like 1% or 2%, literally, if you do the maths. You need like a couple of percent of people to be really into it. So it's weird that ach achieving your objective means pissing loads of old men in America <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Because that was who he was hating on us really bad. Too specific. <laughs> like he was though. It was. Um, but but the... I'm I'm quite energized by it. I, I I don't know if it's a good thing, but I I, I like the um, goal of almost proving them wrong. Uh, I don't know if we will prove them wrong though. It's just someone's opinion, isn't it? Like, so particularly with the bass player thing, with the two piece thing, whatever. 
Like, I reply to, all, like, pretty much all these hate comments saying, like, oh, you guys need a bass player. And some of them come from a good place. They're like, mm. oh, I love it, but, like, you guys need a bass player. <laughs> and some of them are like, you're... We've had other offers we've had from people offering to play bass for us. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a good recruitment like two, drive. Two by now. I know. I mean, maybe we'll look back on this podcast and go, they were right, here's our bass player. <laughs> like, in, in a year's time, we'll go, we changed our mind. We can change our mind. But um, I, I reply to them. I, I reply to all the ones if they're saying, this is great, but you need a bass player, or this is shit, also you need a bass player. Um, mm. You need a bass. I don't know. You need a bass player, but it'll still be shit. So I, I don't know. I don't think anyone said that. Um, I don't know. Some people. I mean, some people just said horrible. Yeah, but that's just on specific uh, people. Singing shit. Uh, hope it's not the future of jam bands. Like, but you. But then you'll get the different opinion. I've had people say, "Oh, like, you get everything from like the singing's terrible to the singing needs work to the singing's great." Mm. All right, and you just. I've seen that comment on people who I think are great singers, I think are terrible mm. singers. Yeah. It just, just doesn't... I, I think it affects you when you first read it. You're like... Because you're kind of hoping it's going to be a good comment when you <laughs> see a new comment yeah. come in. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, oh, no. I've got to deal with the hate again. But then you just go and reply and you just go, yeah, fair enough. Like, you don't like it. That's cool. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, on the bass player point, like I said to a lot of people, like, yeah, I kind of get it. Like, we do get that feedback that a lot of people want the low end or they want the um, like different uh, voicings and stuff that a bass player can give to chords. But it's when you are a minimalist two-piece wabby-sabby jam band. I mean, for me, there's a multiple things that make me not want to get a bass player. A key one is we've branded ourselves as a two-piece wabby-sabby jam band. <laughs> we found ourselves on Google the other day by searching, like, groovy two-piece no, jam band. It, wasn't even, it was just two-piece jam band, and we were on the first page. <laughs> That's amazing. That is SEO for free. Yeah. <laughs> you can't buy that. Well, you could buy that, but we didn't have to. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so there's the Google placement that, you know, can't, can't buy that. You can um, <laughs> but <laughs> so, the, you can't put a price on that. You definitely but, wouldn't be on the first can't. page of three-piece jam bands, would you? Ooh, no. No, not even like the twentieth page. No. So you are inherently doing something original if you are a two-piece jam band. You're just original out of the gate, <laughs> mm. um, even though you're giving yourself a set of limitations that are quite difficult, and some people are just never going to accept. Obstacle is the way. Um, but I like that, like. I'm I'm a big fan of the White Stripes. Been bat on about it before. They've got the same kind of thing going. Of like, look, the fact we've got two mem two members means we as people have to try and make it work. Like, it's not just it's not convenient, mm. um, but that contributes to the music that comes out. Like, we're not rolling up with our cushy bass line. <laughs> like, we have to fill the space, and it's not yeah. an automatic thing that happens. I have to struggle and like wrestle with it. Um, so not the so. I think there's just some inherent originality that I don't think we've fully explored yet. And I don't personally think it detracts enough to balance the... Because I mean, also, like, I, the second point is that I like it. <laughs> like, because that first point is that it's, it's a limitation that can make you original. There's originality of not having a bass player, number one. It makes you actually stand out just in explaining it to people... Just in saying we're a two-piece jam band, that doesn't happen very much, usually because 
jam bands need bass players, but do they? We will be the people who will find out whether you do or not. <laughs> We're willing to go there. Um, and then the the second one's the freedom, which we talk about. So um, I, th- I think with a good play- bass player, you could be close to as free, um, mm. but it's hard to replicate how long we've played as two people, um, which is, I mean, when you actually look at the years, it's crazy. It's like 15 years? 15-ish. That we've 15. played like almost constantly. Yeah. Um, so. And we're only twenty five right now, so that's that's, that's quite a big deal. <laughs> Percentage wise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so th- there's just this thing that we can just turn up and no conversation needs to be had. We yeah. can just start playing and we can just go and um, you know I can come up with a new song idea and we can just go. Or we can both sit down at a laptop and just go. There's not really like a committee-based debate. It's, it's just so lean and streamlined and efficient. Oh, There's going to be God. no redundancies. We need to, we need to leave our jobs, James. <laughs> <laughs> just the cost efficiencies, you know. We're so <laughs> agile. Yeah. But, but, but there actually is a bit of that, like not just in the playing, because the... Um, I suppose for a lot of people that is the thing about the Grateful Dead or whatever, because they they managed to have such a synergy with eight or nine people or whatever they ended up having, like that is part of the appeal to some people. That that is the magic that this whole big group is moving as one. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I see magic in that in the improvisation side, and I see magic in the White Stripes in the kind of well, particularly for them, like the intimacy on stage and the like minimalism and the bareness of the sound and the rawness of like how they play and so it's merging those two things together can you have the exploratoriness like not necessarily being a grungy sound but also have this slightly sparse slightly kind of naked sound that you're trying to fill and this danger of being too thin you know i feel like it makes more tribal you know yeah you get a bit more of that caveman dancing around a fire sort of vibe <laughs> that's what we go for um <laughs> ooh, uh, ooh. because you, you don't apply as many um kind of restrictions you don't you don't apply as many like um you don't apply a strict song structure you don't apply a key necessarily mm. um and without those you have more opportunity to just go where you want to go yeah. where your sort of feeling and emotion takes you in that mm. moment um which is more human it's less palatable um but more human mm. um which is interesting you get that for sure with the white structure when you see them play live it's just like a complete mess but a mess that sounds great i find it completely just absorbing to watch them play mm. i wish i could have seen them live when they were together like it, it will be up there with my like big so sort of regrets of not seeing uh, and i know there's i'm sure there's loads of people who went and saw them at festivals and you just thought oh my god this is going on for like an hour because there's like not very much <laughs> variation like what can you do but for me like when it's and it's, it's similar to, I get the same thing from the Grateful Dead as well. Like you li- you get into that world and it's you come out to like normal music that you'd be happy listening to any other day. And it's just a bit flat and a bit boring. Like when I watch bands perform who aren't the White Stripes, kind of recent, I'm just like, eh, okay. Nice sort of backing tracks and <laughs> like seven synth players. And yeah. it's like, I don't want to sound like really old. And it's just, a, a, and it is about the audience at the end of the day, like the audience still really enjoying it like I, i'm not really criticizing that someone does like that but for me the there is something so intriguing about the white stripes which i think so many people found it's like particularly the 
um, kind of boy girl two piece, like the just brother sister two piece. Yeah, the brother, the weird brother sister <laughs> thing. The kind of weird tension, um, just the the multiple mics set up. Mm, the franticness of Jack playing. Yeah, the the garaginess of it, and they just play with intensity. They just play like they they playing for their lives like yeah. every time. It's a sort of all like you can play like the last time you ever played, but they're one of the only bands I've really seen it. It's it's life or death on stage, yeah. And it for their music, like it feels like it needs to be, you know. Whereas like so many, even like professional bands are doing really well. I've been so like let down just by how what went blanket they are on stage. I'm like, hey, you're playing like this amazing place, and it looks like you were just. You're, you look like me when I'm turning up for work. <laughs> that's because that's because most of the time they're like twenty shows into a like a yeah. forty show tour, and they just have played the same songs every night. Yeah, for the, the last same set list, six months. same order of the same songs. And I I don't envy that at all. Yeah, I I, I really want to kind of keep that energy and uh, during, during tour and. I We've been talking about the, the White Stripes a, a lot, but they don't have a set list every time they play live. It's different mm. every time. Um, so they keep that variety. And I, I I want that variety. And I've never been... like we, We've never been to the level of like professional musicians or touring musicians or anything like that, but we mm. played a lot of gigs in our amateur bands. Mm. And it did get to the point in the, the last band that we were in where I was just... I didn't the the, couple, the last couple of gigs I played in that band they were just not I didn't get that thrill that, that kind of exhilaration from playing mm. live that I used to um, mm. and I feel like that came from playing the same songs quite a lot and not really changing that mm. and I don't want to be in that position again because mm. the, two, the shows that we've done with Tukaneko are so much more exciting but like the nerves beforehand are way up there the <laughs> adrenaline on stage is high yeah and then the feeling afterwards is one of just like elation it's just mm. so good um and that's it's, it's like the best rush that you get it's, it's, it's like it's so good playing mm. live is one of the most fun things to do mm. um and i want to keep that and i want to maximize that through mm. um a two-piece might be something jam back. yeah i agree i remember the First gig we did at Tukaneko in St. Moritz, which is uh, probably over over a year ago now. I think it was in 2019. May? Yeah. Yeah, around then. Um, and we literally didn't plan the set list for that. Did we, we not? Had, no, we had a really <laughs> vague, like, I think we might start with this and then with this. But we changed it. We changed, like, halfway through and played a song we haven't practiced in a while. Just like, <laughs> I think it was you. Just like, I'm feeling detour right now. <laughs> and, like, that was a really new experience because, like, usually... And everyone recommends you to go, like, completely practised out of your brain. Like, this is what's going to happen. Has your lab mic come out? Yeah, my lab mic's come out. But it's all right. We'll bring it's it back. It's still going to record. We'll bring it back. We're back. I don't know when that fell out, but let's <laughs> carry on. Hopefully it was still recording you when it came out. Who knows? Um, we'll, we'll cut. Um... But yeah, that that experience was so different to any other gig experience I've ever done, um, because yeah, people people actually recommend like I've read a lot of books on it and stuff that like you plan every single moment of your set, and it, and it's this like trying to is these manufactured moments. You can either go like two ways. This is a real mm. game meta, but like you can kind of go two ways with a lot of these things. You can either try and like create an experience that's beyond a normal human experience, so therefore it has to be like 
planned out, practiced and curated. You can execute something that like someone in the crowd couldn't do on demand. Like it, it was only possible after months and years. So I think as well, like a West End production is really impressive yeah. because there's all these moving parts that like take so much rehearsal and then they do it so much that they can perform something that you can eat. Like it just blows your mind because it's like, for them, it's been a year of preparation, and for you, it's mm. all coming at once in one big sort of firework of stuff happening. Yeah. So that's one way of doing live show, and I think the other way is kind of the. I suppose. I suppose you have the raw skill, but what you add to it is like I don't know what's going to happen on that. You don't know what's going to happen. Like you're signing up for. Uh, an experiment a could be the best thing that's ever happened and no one planned it or it could bomb and either and but you're going to go and you're not going to find out so you're actually enticed by the the danger rather than the perfection mm. element um and i want the danger <laughs> so when you go to the circus and you want to see someone do backflips back on a tightrope oh circus is a good example it's like because because it could go wrong but sometimes sometimes it does but... but then they've also rehearsed it a lot so maybe circus is a bit yeah like, but it still does go wrong still dangerous yeah a like tightrope walker yeah they practice a lot but yeah. it could also fall off so i think if we've got a bassist it's like having a net under the tightrope walker <laughs> but we don't want a net I mean, you can still be a jam band with a bassist and you know we used to jam with nick and stuff like who played bass in the counterpart and and the Austin guns, and the yeah. Austin guns, like, and um, you know, it definitely adds a new element to the to the sort of sound mix. Um, yeah. And I'd say that if I hadn't um, if I hadn't got into the White Stripes so much, I wouldn't. I, I would probably have thought that we'd need to get a bass player. Mm. But it just sort of happened. Like it. It wasn't. Um, I would now having done having us been in this format for a good year or two, two years, three years. Um, I would, I, I just don't want to step away from where we've got to now, um, to what feels like a less interesting place. Like we, we've kind of purposely gone for the challenging thing of mm. being a two piece jam band. <clears throat> like a jam band's hard enough cause you're not playing rehearsed songs and a two piece is hard cause you're filling the gap and we're kind of doing both. Mm. So that's going to take longer and a lot of people are going to like not agree ever or yeah. or like doubt along the way um so it's interesting you say you want to prove people right i don't i don't know if it necessarily i think there'll be some people we prove right i think there'll be some people who'll just never be into the the format because yeah it's 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 more of a kind of um it's definitely an imaginary thing so i don't ever imagine we'll find those people on facebook and in 10 years time be like how look at this look, look at this what we've done with this mm. two-piece band it's more like someone said it's not possible so i'm like and i think it is possible so i'm like i kind of mm. want to make sure it is possible now it's a it's a kind of competitive element mm. um yeah and yeah. i i kind of mentioned earlier i don't know if it's the most healthy way to do it but i'm happy to use that to boost my momentum and uh, motivation to make a two-piece jam band work so mm. I'm, I'm happy to sort of leverage that feeling and just roll with it the fact someone told you you couldn't do it yeah to be like nah yeah <laughs> it's possible Fair. Yeah, yeah and i mean i want to rant about it a bit that i think people's particularly when people say like oh 
get a job or or this won't be the future of jam bands or whatever. I mean our our title did our headline did provoke <laughs> some of those title. you know did provoke them <laughs> so we are at fault somewhat for their reactions they were probably having a great day until they saw this video <laughs> where like, these two, guys talking two little kids were like oh we're the next jammer they're like no you're not <laughs> um, but i think there's a general misconception amongst so many people that a jam band is one thing or i'm talking way more broadly but there's just the example is that i know our headline said like is this the future of jam bands they go no stop what you're doing <laughs> get a bass player or stop like there's just there's the rules yeah <laughs> you know well we've already been a two-piece jam band for two years so it's like we don't need fucking jerry and wherever to tell us whether that's possible whether we don't need permission from these people and there's still this perception that you need a mass of people behind you to make anything work <clears throat> it's like either you're stuck in a dead-end job or you're a rock star and you're a millionaire and everyone the consensus everywhere is that everyone likes you but like you're going to find every single artist with like 90% of people got no idea who they are <laughs> And then, like, a good six or seven percent of the remaining ten hate them. <laughs> and then, like, the four percent or whatever, and this is being pretty generous, who've heard of them and like them, support them. You don't need the whole world. In fact, you won't cut through if you try and get the whole world. And this is one of my points of, like, if we get a bass player, we're just a three-piece. And there's loads of three-piece jam bands. There's not... Well... Given our Google search ranking, there's not many two-piece jam bands. Yeah. So at very least, that should be something that piques your interest because no one's doing it. And I know the, I know the obvious thing is, like, oh, because everyone's telling you to base, but it's obvious why no one's doing it. Well, maybe no one is ready to go through that obstacle, like through those walls multiple times. So can't be everything for everyone and it's like a cliche but it's so true and everything particularly music everyone thinks that you need every single comment to be i love this and i'm gonna buy 10 t-shirts from you doesn't work like that like the distribution is a small amount of people are really really into it and will like basically fund your career because it means so much to them and there's seven billion people in the world and you can reach them through facebook now or you can reach two billion of them or something through facebook you do the percentages, you do not need a thousand true fans. One, you need 1,000 people out of the whole world who like you enough that they pay like 50 quid a year and you have a career. <laughs> 0.05%. So it doesn't matter if the rest of the 7 billion say you can't do it. But like one in, a, and it's like one in a million people is the stat. If you actually work out a thousand people out of however many you need. It's like one in, you need like one in let's say 10,000. Let's be like really, really conservative. But you show your thing to 10,000 people and 9,900 and something say, bullshit, just stop, quit, you need a bass player, you're rubbish, whatever. But you still only need the one in 10,000 to go, that's sick. <laughs> I'm going to buy your t-shirt. I like it, yeah. yeah. Like, that's, that's me. Oh, I'm glad you guys are doing it. I'm glad you guys are putting up with the 9,000 haters out of 10,000. <laughs> that's all you need. And you can have a career out of it. The, it's just the maths. So... Um, that's why imagine if you stop were, me. Imagine if you were that divisive. That was a fantastic rant, <laughs> by the way. That was a really impassioned rant. Um, right, I've had my rant. You can have a rant. No, no I think it's. I think it's a good time to have a lighter <laughs> conversation. Potentially, 
a beer review. <laughs> um, I haven't. Uh, I've not finished mine yet. The James, I've just been ranting. T- tell me about what you're drinking. Um, Harry, at the moment, I'm. Uh, I'm really into the Sainsbury's Taste the Difference porters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've gone for a, a London porter. They, <laughs> I mean, this, the this most is... generic name. I've gone for a, um, a London. Um, you know, the taste notes indicate a rich dark beer packed, packed with intense flavours of chocolate and spicy licorice. Um, so, and it, it's saying to me, taste the difference. Um, uh, it's a. It's taste tested by customers, I think. I don't know if this is before or after they bought it. it, it just it, Can they just sell one and say it's taste tested by customers? Don't you know? I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm tasting the difference against. Uh, it's different to water. But what we all want to know is, do you like it? What would you rate, rate like out of it? 10? I do like it, actually. Or rate out of, yeah. um, I've had a porter before. It tastes like this. It's in the genre. Um, it needs a bass player, but... That's good. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a Guinness, but they just they just pull back from the brink a bit. I find Guinness a bit sort of I don't know. I don't, uh, there's just something about Guinness where I like I could have it. Well, I could have one or two, and they're nicer in Dublin. Mm. I could have more in Dublin than here. Could have three or four in Dublin. Yeah. I, th- I think you have. And then you'd be bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you have them at Temple Bar. <laughs> yeah. Just get, get some insider knowledge. Like I, I mean, wish. even outside of Temple Bar, it's like seven euros. <laughs> yeah, actually, Dublin is quite expensive, to be fair. I agree. Um, but uh, I've got a. I mean, because uh, there's um, an Irish a friend of my work is Irish and actually lives in Dublin so and, and went to Trinity as well. So uh, he gave me, some, gave me some local tips. I was like, where do the locals go? He probably sent me to the most touristy place. Uh, <laughs> just like James is not ready for the local so, oh, place. There's this great little spot called Temple Bar. It's just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nah, he wouldn't do that. <laughs> he wouldn't do that to me. Um, uh, but we said, yes, yeah, so he said, oh, I'll go to like this place. I don't, it had a really like generic name like O'Donoghue's or Camerhands or something. But he like, showed me where it was. And it was really cool. Uh, um, like the Guinness was really nice, which is like what reminded me of it. But mm. they had um, they had like Irish music, but they had it in the more traditional sense of like it wasn't <clears> through like a PA with like loads of stagers yeah. dancing to it. Yeah. It's in the corner of the pub, and everyone crowds around. There's yeah. no mics or anything. It's just and then the whole crowd like sings along. Mm. So you have to kind of get close to hear it. But the atlas of everyone like singing, and you can actually like hear everyone singing because it's not blasting. It's yeah, that's, you can hear the singing more than the thing. I love that stuff. It was really good. There, there, there was one time when I was in um, I did a little tour around Ireland after I finished uni, and we went to um. <laughs> Shout out to Kieran by the way, who's my friend. We 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 wanted to go to um, Galway because of the Ed Sheeran song. <laughs> what pick up some Galway girls? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a great nightlife, to be fair. Um, but we ended up in um, a little village just outside, and this village was so nice. It was super quaint and super picturesque, mm. and they had one pub in it. So we went to this one pub, obviously, and, and imagine like how many uh, six or I think there was six lads just piling into a a cushy little English village. Lads. Six English lads piling to a cushy village pub to to have a session, and we we stayed there all night. But there was a band similar to how you described it, like super mm. kind of authentic. Um, 
Like they had a little, a little sort of drum that you hit and then um, mm. whatever string instruments. I, I, I'm, we should probably know more about the <laughs> cultural they had instruments drums, and stuff. Strings, <laughs> yeah, drums and know, strings. Blowy what things. else do you need? Definitely not a bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were a two piece jam band. A two piece Irish, Irish jam band. <laughs> but it was folk music and the atmosphere created in that pub was just so nice. Mm. It was um, really good. I, I miss that. We haven't had that. We haven't had that for about well since like obviously since the pandemic. Yeah. I want that Jam thing. I want that back. Time. There's like a crowded, steamy pub with a live band. Mm. Another memorable Fort one for me is one in Edinburgh, and I was there for the Fringe, and it was just a pub that was like a corridor, and it was super narrow, and the bar took up like most of the space, but like right <laughs> yeah, at the end yeah. there was like a little band hunched around a table and mm. oh. It was just steamy as fuck and it was raining outside, but inside it was so cosy and mm. you just got nice beer and you listened to the music. Oh. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're, we're on the way out of the pandemic. We're over the... Well, the winter might be quite bad, but... May 2021, just, baby. I mean, don't... I don't know, with all the pandemic stuff, like, don't... I'm kind of... It's been, it's, it's sort of quite a tough thing to live through. It's weird when you're actually living through it and you kind of, you're just so used to trying to get through it. Mm. It's all, it's going on for so long now that we've just kind of adapted to it and you don't necessarily like feel the weight of it every day as long as like you're not actually affected by the disease like, and you're just carrying on as normal but healthy. Like you just plow on. But yeah, it's weird when you talk about the things that are actually missing. It's almost like you forget all the things you're missing because you're just so... Mm used yeah. to the restrictions on your life a bit um yeah. but i think gonna be as long as you know we make it out okay hopefully i think like we'd be kind of proud of being able to get through it and still being like productive and because yeah it's not it's quite hard to not have those not have those same I mean, obviously it's hard for people to get the disease like most of all but it's hard to particularly it's like when you're younger and you don't have like your life established in such a way you don't like have a house or like a, yeah. a sort of space your own or whatever it's like it's hard to kind of put all that on hold like right at the time when you're supposed to be exploring the world and you kind of feel like you're locked down mm. but, so i'm looking forward to that looking forward to our gigs back looking forward to traveling zaragoza here we come zaragoza do you only think I might go and teach English in Spain, you know? I think it'll be good. Get a TEFL get, really... get a TEFL down you. Yeah, I think it would be a really rewarding, fun experience. Mm. But I want to integrate it with doing music, so I don't know if you'd like just take six months off to write an album as well. Yeah. Because I don't think I'd ever want to put like music on pause really. So I don't really know how to integrate it into my life, but we'll figure something out. I like I like the idea of like integrating into another language and culture for a bit i think that would be such a mentally like refreshing thing to do a real like clean slate kind of thing i find it hard <clears throat> I, I, I don't have as much of an attraction to it um mm. i would love to be able to integrate with the culture um it, it feels a bit like an insurmountable task to me i, I know it's not but for example, if I were to move to Spain or Japan or something like that, kind of learning the language would take 
six months to a year, I mean, maybe it wouldn't take that long. Depends how intensively you learn it. If you're, if you're living there, maybe it wouldn't take that long. It's just a necessity thing, though, isn't it, when you're there? Yeah. You just pick it up. Yeah. Like, I think you can pick it up, like, surprisingly quickly. Mm. Um, but it's like, I, I'm, I'm not 100% comfortable with the idea of moving to a new place with zero friends just full stop even if I do speak the language so mm. piling on a language bar on top of that just adds to the kind of um, difficulty of that task mm. I know it's possible um, you can just do it temporarily though you can do it for like a month or three months yeah like, I don't think moving necessarily means you never go back mm. I think you should kind of think of everything as being like somewhat temporary and if you get through all that and you manage to like re-establish yourself in another country in a certain period of time like I think that would give you a real like confidence that you wouldn't have just like your whole world was always living in England. Yeah. What are we talking about? We're just wondering. We're on podcast right now. Just wondering. We need some. We need. We need some direction. Uh, I mean, we're almost at an hour. <clears throat> I think we could. Uh, I think we could wrap up this one at least, and maybe move on to another one if we want to do one more. Another poddy. I think we've covered like where we're at. We're going to do the jam experience. We talked about we're not going to get a bass player. We talked about obstacles. Mm. So I think we've done a nice balance of like, here's what we're at. Beer review. I'm not satisfied with your beer review. I'm having the porter that James was talking about. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it probably. <laughs> Go on um, Wow me. I... I I I haven't had a porter from a bottle in a very long time. Obviously, don't have draft here because we're not allowed to go to a pub, which is sad. Um, but it's quite nice. I wouldn't say it's the most amazing porter I've ever had. It's not very creamy, which is something you often go for in a porter. But here we have. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to come across like an expert, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fraud. <laughs> it's quite nice. It's a nice drink. So if you're Is ever this in... supposed to be better than my review? <laughs> it's quite nice. You're just reading from the bottle. <laughs> Here I am trying to make up my own mind. And you just said it's quite nice. Could be more nice. It's not the least nice thing I've ever had. So it's mediumly nice. <laughs> that is better than mine, but not much. I want to provide a recommendation here. If you're ever in Sainsbury's <laughs> and you want a porter, this... Is not a bad bet. <laughs> you want an own brand porter? No, just a generic. You know, just if, you, if you're feeling like a porter or a Guinness or something like that, this does the job. Especially when you can't go to a pub and get a draft Guinness. A Sainsbury's mm. Taste of Difference London Porter is yeah. actually alright. Well, I kind of got lost on my beer because I started talking about Ireland. Um, but I'm saying it's, it tastes like a, a Guinness, but they've pulled back from the brink a bit. They've they've just they've lost a little bit of the bitterness, a little bit of the. Well, not bitterness, but I don't know, something about Guinness. Well, it it's more toasty. It's more toasted. But I've had Dublin Porter from a bottle, which we used to have in the Morpeth, mm. which is like our local pub when we lived in East London. Yeah. Which, like, for some reason, they had Dublin Porter on tap, which I haven't seen in that many other places. Yeah. Um, and it was absolutely delicious. Like, I thought they were really nice. Lord um, Morpeth is a great pub, by the way. If you're ever in, well, near Victoria Park, sort of the mile end side of Victoria Park, go to the Lord, Morth- Lord, Lord Morpeth, because it's... um. <laughs> Does great pizza, has great beer, has a great atmosphere. Has a dog that looks like... It's got a dog, it's got Scrabble if you're feeling like a bit of a game. Yeah, like a broken pinball machine. Yeah. Um, Good pub. But yeah, we spent a lot of time in there. It was a great pub. But they had Dublin Porter on tap and we all... That was our go-to for like ages. Mm. Um, 
and I've had that out of the bottle um, before, and it was like not that nice. It just was. It wasn't anything close to the. Really? I think it could have been a temperature thing. Yeah. But I, that's what I'm saying. I think this has actually done quite a good job because this gave me a porter-like experience from the bottle. James approved. It's Harry yeah. approved as well. So, so all round, Tukaneko approved. Unanimous. <laughs> so thank you for listening to the Tukaneko podcast. Wait. This week's sponsored by Taste the Difference London Porter. We definitely haven't been sponsored by Taste the Difference. We have. No, please sponsor <laughs> we, us. No, no. We, we don't even want sponsors. <laughs> we, we we'll be sponsor, sponsored by a base brand. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if Rickenbacker just yeah. came in like, yeah. We're sponsored by the Rickenbacker 4003 bass. <laughs> for you all you bass players out there. Because <laughs> they're all listening. They're all listening looking for an in. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're, they're looking to criticise. Like, <laughs> now the oh, bass no. players want a job. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> they're not the critics. They're like, I'll play I'll play anything for you. As a few, we've had offers <laughs> on our comments. That's the other side of the comments. We've had people offering to play bass for Offering to step in and cure our woes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think wow. um, I think we've covered enough for one episode, you know. Alright. Thanks for listening, everyone. Cool. Hope everyone's doing well across the world, various lockdowns. Stay safe. Get in touch. Harry at Tukaneko.com. Or James at Tukaneko.com, depending on yeah, who beer review is better. Harry at Tukaneko.com is probably the one you go for. <laughs> and... Um, look out for the jam experience coming in December 14th of December is our current date obviously it's subject to rephasing but we'll <laughs> on see how time it goes. and on budget <laughs> on time and on budget <laughs> <laughs> oh. alright see you later see folks. you later <laughs> <laughs>